Hey all, the episode you're about to hear would normally be released to $3 and up patrons on patreon.com slash touches. However, thanks to a very generous donation on behalf of this week's guest, Karina Adley McKenzie, the episode is being released for free to all. Enjoy. And with that said, on with the show. Karina, welcome back to Word Tetris. It's like I didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> so here, all right, so we're now we're going to get into adapting an adaptation okay. and roswell is an interesting one because you are de- you adapted the book series the same book series that cadams had adapted in the mm-hmm. early 2000s cadams mm-hmm. adapted you know, th- in the early 2000s not the early 2000s 1999 it was, was it 1999 oh Late yeah 90s. i'm real i'm really 99 was a the good 90s 90s 99 was a great year for stuff it was a great year for movies it was a great year for tv oh my god can we just listen to the movies matrix fight club six cents oh my god i Varsity was totally Blues. i was like way more on the line of like when did um like never been kissed and six oh fuck what's it called she's all that like that was all that sort of like right that in that era yep 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 um, office space was that year we're sitting in my office right now and if you look around um it's so much 90s i have um dawson's creek 1999 yeah. shows i was wondering like did you work on them or they're just here and it's clearly they're just here i didn't work on them dawson's creek i was 11 Gilmore, when dawson's creek started <laughs> oh no i was 10 when dawson's creek started so no i didn't work on it thanks so much though i'm, I'm <laughs> definitely gonna go get botox after this um <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know. It's just I like because if, if I did that, my office would have like my office would have like alias and yeah and and uh, SVU. Oh my god, I still love SVU. <laughs> except there was an episode of SVU this year that made me so angry that I might never forgive the show. Check I, out my Twitter. Do, I, a, do a search at Cadley Mac SVU. I, I stopped with stable left. With second stable left, that that was like I I can't do this anymore. Like it also that was also when they lost the showrunner. I was like, but anyway, he's back. Oh, is he Neil's back? No, Warren Light. Oh, Warren Light's back. Love. Um. So anyway, you adapted the book series. The book the book series. You did not adapt. You were not taking notes from the old show. No. And that's where a lot of the confusion I think started. Was everyone? Oh like, man, wait, there was wait. so much confusion. I was confused. Like everyone was like, wait, 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 are you adapting? Wait, you guys are remaking the show? I was like, no, the show's based on a book. Wait, what? So many people don't even know there's a book series. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you go about, what was the first steps you took to adapting? And also, how'd you? what was your plan to, obviously, if you're a fan of uh, ni- late 90s, early 2000s television, I assume you watched the original mm-hmm. Roswell I as did. a fan. I did. I, I actually was um, not allowed to watch TV as a kid. Um, and... My mom was my mom. I grew up in a, a relatively strict Muslim household, and she thought she was like super cool by letting us watch like one hour of television a week. She was like, "I'm a cool mom," and but you can't watch Dawson's Creek because I think they make have frank discussion of teenage sexuality on that. So watch something else. Um, but I, uh, I so I don't think I watched Roswell when it was on. I mean, I definitely knew about it, but I, um, I got the DVDs from. Netflix back when Netflix used to send DVDs Mm -hmm. and I watched I I binged them I think in college Um, and then when which plan did you have which Netflix plan did you have one no no because because I did that for 24 and it was like four and then you had to send it back and wait a day get the next four no (laughs) do I look like a one disc person I don't do moderation (laughs) as you can tell by the like liquor cabinet in my office oh my god um the uh oh my god um it's 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 all whiskey it's whiskey and wine yeah people uh people gift me 
whiskey and wine. I actually don't, I don't drink at work because I don't do moderation. So it just sits there. Um, but it looks pretty. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I had the three disc thing and I would like finish one, send it back and like sit in my little hole in college. And, you know, my, my, once I was sort of allowed to watch a ton of television because my mom couldn't tell me what to do. She literally like, thought something was wrong with me because I would watch so much and I would watch shit over and over and over again. Um, and she just like thought something was broken in my heart. <laughs> who came to who did you, was this, was Roswell an open assignment and you came in with a pitch or how did it come to you? Um, I had a deal with Warner brothers. So when I signed on for the final season of the originals, um, I was in the unique position of not really wanting to come back. I kind of felt like I was like, okay, I did originals. Um, my, favorite person was in the show uh like in the writer's room was leaving and i was just kind of like all right it's time for me to go to um so that when they so when they tried to convince me to stay i uh got to ask for a lot so i then got a pilot deal with warner brothers so i owed them a pilot um and that what happens it's called a blind script deal so they um make a deal with you they they iron out all the 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 process of the, all of the like terms of the deal without even knowing what the scripts is going to be up is going to be about and then you go back in and you pitch so i owed them a script and i got um a text from a friend of mine at, who works at the cw and she said uh how do you feel about roswell and i was like nah, not my favorite of all of the you know i wasn't really a sci-fi person mm-hmm um, I was much more of a like sad kids on a swing next to a creek person. Um, and at that point in my life, I was just all I could think about was that I wanted to write something that really mattered. So I was just tired of like writing about werewolves and vampires and like the war for New Orleans. And I wanted to write about politics and I wanted to write about sex and and race and, um, you know, I guess like real shit. Mm-hmm. Um and so I thought that when they said Roswell, they just like wanted Roswell the, the way that it was done the first time, which is great. And by the way, is a story that has been told a million times. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's the Vampire Diaries. It's Twilight. It's a classic girl meets guy and he's dangerous and she doesn't understand him, but she really wants to. Right. Um, I don't have anything against that story. I love that story, but I wanted to tell something different. I also really wanted to work with, I wanted to work with people um, my age. I wanted to feel like I was part of a collaborative process and like I was part of a team. It was really important to me. I wasn't out to like have like, to be like, this is my show. I really wanted to feel like this is our show. Um, So I wanted to work with actors that were 30 ish and I wanted them to not be playing 16-ish. <laughs> and so I said, no, not probably not my thing. Um, that was something I didn't I didn't notice when I was watching the pod. I was like, these aren't, they're not playing young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do have uh, some flashbacks that uh, require a lot of VFX. Um, but, but yeah, they're playing their correct ages pretty much. Um, and I, I, just, I just fucking wanted to be part of something that, felt like a collaboration and a team. Um, sorry, there's uh, helicopters buzzing above my office. They're, they finally found me. <laughs> Tell my mother I loved her. Um, I So I said no. Um, and then I got a call from Amblin Entertainment, uh, Steven Spielberg's company. Basically, Kevin Brown, who um, 
work who was an executive producer executive producer on the original show Roswell had reacquired the rights and brought them to Amblin and Amblin had met with a bunch of people said hey you know new writers come in pitch on this thing um they were trying to find somebody to write it and then I was basically because I owed Warner Brothers a pilot um Julie gave me some advice and I decided to go in and pitch the version of the show that I would want to do so adults who have been through some shit who are 10 years out of high school who have darkness in their past who are angry at the current state of the world um and who have something to say uh i wanted to do a version that could only exist in 2019 um 2018 at the time um well it was 2017 when this was all happening but (laughs) you know what i mean Um, trump was in office (laughs) uh, he was oh yeah um And I just, I was like, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to pitch this version of it. And they're going to be like, okay, thank you so much. And then they were going to, they're going to find a writer who wants to do the teenage high school version of it, which I thought was totally fair. Like I I love teen dramas. I'm not shitting on YA stuff at all. Just wasn't where my heart was at that time. Um, And so I went in, I pitched it. It got to the CW. We sat down at the CW. And again, I just thought that they were going to be like, cool, thanks so much. No thanks. I thought they wanted to launch their next Vampire Diaries, you know? Um, But they bought it at the table. Gay Hirsch, who's the um, head of development over there, she didn't like leave the room. She didn't like go whisper behind a like glass door. She just sat at the table across from me. I pitched it. I didn't, do anything fancy I just talked um you know I didn't have like a Pinterest board or anything and she said okay so we're doing this and I like just remember looking at Julia with this like look of panic on my face like holy fuck I actually have to do it um (laughs) and then they bought it and then Julia and I came back to this office that you're in right now and we were working on a um an originals episode and about like halfway through the day she kind of was like are you okay like your head's not in the game and I was like I never say this, but like, I need a drink like right now. Like I just sold my first TV pilot. I'm like, duh. And so we poured some bourbon in the writer's room. Right. We raised a glass and here we are two years later. Right. So, all right. So you, you decided that like, I'm not going the, I'm not going, I'm going to try as much as I can to not go the Y route. I'm going to go the political route. I'm going to go the adult, adult, adult route. Adult. It's all full frontal. The whole pilot, just nudity. (laughs) um how so what when you look at those books i mean the books are literally called roswell high yeah so what did you go how did you go about do did you look them like i'm just gonna do this in name only i'm just gonna think they're aliens but that's it like where Um, i didn't really have a plan so i just sort of cracked the first book there's a whole bunch of them and i read that book in one sitting it's a little it's a little book and um I said, okay, I love these characters. I know what I love about these characters. I also know what I want to change about these characters. I know how I want to update them. And then I didn't read any more of the books. I um, I rewatched the show at like episode one, episode three, episode eight. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of went, picked, picked. I didn't like sit down and do a mass binge rewatch because Did I- you- did you ever plan to like reach out to like Jason or anyone and be like, hey, what was, where were you at that? Or were you like, I want a clean break. I want to make my own thing. Um, I had heard through the grapevine that Jason uh, wasn't super stoked on the idea. 
and I am a massive Jason Kadams fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch Friday Night Lights every minute. Parenthood. I watch it all the time. I watch Parenthood over and over again. I just, I think he is absolutely like heart stoppingly brilliant. And when I was a journalist, I used to interview him all the time. And um, I didn't really want to call him and have him be like, yeah, don't shit on my show. So no, actually mm. I haven't talked to him. Um, I don't know if he likes it or not. But but more to the point, like, did you, would you, did you ever have an inkling to, to get a pers- his perspective of like, what were you, where were you going with it? Or you just wanted, like, I'm doing my own thing. This is my, my version of these books. I'm not yeah. like that show is that show. I am not that show. Yeah, I don't want to sound arrogant. Right. So um, forgive me if this comes out weird, but I am a really confident writer. I am insecure about every single other thing about my life. Every single other thing. I feel that so hard. Um, you can't tell me I can't write, right? It's like that ad. I like writing and I like my writing. I I feel good about it. I think I'm really good at this job. Um that's not to say I don't fuck up. I totally fuck up all the time. Um, but I write with confidence and I didn't really feel like, um, let me, I, again, huge, huge, huge Jason Kadams fan. I did not feel that the story that I wanted to be, that I wanted to tell, um, needed to have, I didn't think I needed to ask the advice of somebody like Jason who isn't 30 in 2017 and who, um, didn't you know come of age in this political environment right. necessarily? I I valued my own perspective. Um, I reached out to a lot of friends, Latina and Latino friends, a lot of them, um, to make sure I didn't fuck that up. Um, and I talked to a lot of not only like my gay friends because my circle is is a circle that um, of privilege. I mean, we're in Los Angeles and we're all in the TV industry. And I talked to, I actually went on Reddit under a secret name. And I talked to a lot of people about what it was like growing up gay in a small town in, you know, the red states. Um, New Mexico is a swing state, but Roswell is a red town. Um, And I, because it's Reddit and it's anonymous, I got a lot of like really eye-opening stories that I really am excited to be putting on a page. And, you know, you write a pilot by yourself, mostly. I wrote a pilot, I wrote the pilot by myself, um, you know, with a lot of notes from people smarter than me. But um, you don't have the benefit of a big writer's room. And so the trouble for me, you know, the books, the books are, her name is Liz Orteco, but her her, um, Latina identity, her Mexican identity is just barely grazed i wanted it to be present um and there are no gay characters in the books um certainly once i got into like cop in in this uh, you know making max evans a cop in this political day and age was a choice um making my gay disabled character a veteran was a choice um and so because i was writing by myself i just needed to really reach out for advice from people who could speak to those experiences. So that was my real thing as opposed to reaching out to Jason, because by the way, Jason was just adapting the same material I was adapting. Right. That, right. So, and that's sort of, to me, the, the important part mm-hmm. is you're not that da- you weren't, this is not a continuation of that show. No, it's not a, it's not a take. It's not another take on that yeah. show. It's a actually, take on these books. Yes. Take on the books. Actually, because of the confusion, I felt like people were going to like, I thought people were going to believe that they were watching a sequel 
to Roswell because it's like, oh, Liz comes back to town, sees Max, flashback to their high school dreams. I thought people were going to think it was like, oh, this is part two and get very confused. Right. Um, and so initially I actually wanted to change the character names mm. um, and I got some pushback on that. They did not want me to change the character names. We did get to change the actual title of the show. To Roswell, New Mexico. Roswell, New Mexico. We went through so many potential uh, titles that marketing brought to us. Like <laughs> marketing was like, how about this one? How about that one? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> and I won't list them because I don't want to offend the person in marketing who came up with whatever the most egregious ones were but some of them were fucking offensive (laughs) at what point did you go okay i finally have gotten this to the place where it's this is now i got i've gotten what i can from the material this is mine this is now i'm going to run with what i have now this is the vision like because it's because when you're doing it when you're doing i've won i did i've done one i wrote as a spec one adaptation in my life for like as a writing sample it i won't do that unless i know what it like i can see the whole thing Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're just doing it to do it where it's like go write something go write an original why would you do that but it's like this was like the one time it was like a movie i watched i was like oh my god i know exactly how to make that tv show yeah and i did and by the way i am a person who is like go write an original right um so it's like if it wasn't somebody coming you know spielberg's company came to me and they were like we would like to pay you money to write an adaptation of a show that you kind of dug and i was like well Okay. This is a terrible situation that I find myself in. <laughs> How will I ever decide? Right. Um, so it's like, so you were, you got thrust into it. You were like, I, you, you yeah. didn't have any plans to do that to get your that to fulfill that pilot deal. Mm-hmm. You didn't think it was going to happen this way. It did yeah. happen this way. You played the cards that you were dealt. At what point do you go? All right, you know what? I'm I'm ready. I I can, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the characters are really well sketched out in the book. So I knew specifically what I believed was the heart of each character in that book. And then that's all I took. Took that and then the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. Liz gets shot in the diner. Max saves her. Um, I made it different. I mean, in in the book and in the 1999 show, she's shot in a crowded diner. Um, they were alone in mine, which changed things significantly. Um but other than that, I aged everybody up and I made them all characters that I wanted to see. And I wasn't thinking about the old characters because I hadn't watched in so long that, like, I don't even, frankly, like, I can't even remember, like, specific things that I- made Jason Bear's Max Max, except for Jason Bear being fucking great. I right. love him. He's wonderful. Um, and by the way, when I say that, I haven't spoken to Jason. I don't know how he feels about it. He might like it and he might be supportive of it. But I will say that the, um, by and large, the original cast has been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Certainly some more than others. Right. Um, I've gotten a weird DM or two. Um, <laughs> but uh, I... Cameos coming in season two. No. I hope so. <laughs> Honestly, um, um, I would love to put... Jason and I have become friends. Sherry and I have become friends. Nick Weschler and I have always been friends. Like, if I can find the right spot for them, I will. I'm just right. not going to write roles for them just to like have them show up and like get shot by laser guns and die. But if there's a part, I will reach out to them first. It feels like this is the this is the where the business and the art collide in Hollywood. I mean, where they're, it's, they're all the same. The, where, yeah, where it's the the business was someone's got rights to a thing. The only things that sell right now are IPs because welcome to television 2019. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, uh, can I just say, if if you, dear listener, are sick of remakes, um, make sure you're watching the original shit because I'm. People are like, oh, we're so tired of all of these remakes, and then the remakes are what make money. Yeah, and the remakes are what get attention. So that's what the network is going to look. And I'm not saying I'm, don't watch my show. Please continue to watch my show. But like, I every writer is would rather be writing originals. I'll, I'll tell you this: there was a there was an ABC show that went on this the season called Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah, I loved you it. the you could not walk a block in a single major city in this country without seeing a billboard for Whiskey Cavalier. No, they push the marketing on the thing so fucking hard no one watched it okay can i can i say my theory on whiskey cavalier yes one i really loved the show oh my god yes i loved it so much i thought it was incredibly charming i will watch scott foley what up noel um (laughs) literally do anything but i loved the show but i knew nothing about the show from all of that marketing all of that marketing every poster it's like okay a handsome white dude and a beautiful white woman cool never seen that before right you know and and i think that you got to make your show with a, an original concept make it look original marketing people tell me what it's it's not just me. about the amount of like billboard like i'll tell you this i don't enough. think there's anybody that didn't know about the show right. by the time it premiered Grant, they dropped the ball on the premiere because they're like, after the Oscars, and then, well, here's a bunch of local news before. It's like, so they dropped the ball there. But besides that, it was just like, do you do you guys get that all you've done is put the same poster in a different ratio on different billboards? It's just Scott and Lauren on the poster with the two heads, floating right. heads, and, and nothing so else. I'm looking at that, and I'm like, well, I also haven't caught up. I, I never watched Castle, and I've got all of that on you know Netflix so I might as well watch Castle instead right. of watching that one week at a time so I think a lot of really brilliant shows have been hurt by uh, repetitive marketing yes I think that marketing I would not disagree. in general um, but I think that in general uh, people in marketing marketing television marketing needs to get turned on its ass big time mm-hmm. um, or we're all going to keep making gajillion dollar shows that one person and you know, my mom's basement watches. Right. And it's then, my mom. She's in her basement. <laughs> but it's like, so the business is like, they come to you with an adaptation, you go, but then the art is, all right, this is the opportunity I've been handed. How can I find myself in this? And if you can't, you can't. But if you can't, the ne- you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come. It was particularly a challenge for me because um, immediately I was like, oh, the lead of the show needs to be a Latina woman. Um, which then in my mind made me not the best person to be the one to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, did I just like, like social justice warrior myself out of a job? Because <laughs> I don't it, think that white people should be telling pe- the stories for people of color. I mm-hmm. don't think that that's how it should go. Um, I r- regret all of the time. that There are seven white executive producers on my TV show about, a Latinx family in New Mexico. Um, but that's how the business side of it worked out. Right? I literally, I, let me, I literally did that. There's a uh, spec pilot I wanted to write. I was outlining it and I was like, well, the lead is, the lead's got to be a black woman, mm-hmm. right? Who's got this very heavy religious background. I'm like, I'm a white Jew from Long Island mm-hmm. that, and I haven't touched it since the outline. I'm like, yeah. I don't know where, I don't know, I have no way into this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, at first I had to find my way into it. Right. Basically. Um, I, 
had to one, I mean, reach out to a million people. And I will say, you know, immediately when the hiring began, it was like, how do we make sure that everybody, but especially this lead character is well represented in the writer's room, that there are people who can speak to all aspects of her story. Um, but you know, I didn't want to be like, I don't want to be like, Hey, listen guys, I just, I have this idea. I think it's going to be great, but like you should find someone else to write it. And I like working. (laughs) I like having a job. So, um, I needed to find my way in and my way in was that, um, I grew up Muslim in Connecticut, uh, looking very white and I, uh, decided to write a story that's really about Islamophobia and about passing for a person who is not Muslim and thus a person who is not the enemy when the president has decided that everyone who shares your religion is the enemy mm-hmm. um, and making the decision to uh, blend in or to stand out given that circumstance. So um, that's the, the side of the story that I can relate to and that I can tell that makes it feel like I'm the person who should be writing this show. And I think that's the key in adapting is to be like, okay, you can take a book and hand it to 10 people. Those 10 people, if they're doing it right, should write completely different adaptations of something. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're doing it wrong, then they're going to copy it. it. And like a lot of people, I think, um, believe that a, writing an adaptation that's extremely true to the source material is always the way to go. There's always going to be... Depends on the source material. Yeah, there's always going to be sur- source material purists, but I think that if speaking... Purely not from a writer's or sorry, not from an audience perspective, certainly not from a business perspective, but from a writer's perspective of like what's going to get me excited to like live and to do my job and to not, you know, make me give up and go live in my mom's basement and like start saving money for law school, which I totally should have gone to law school. Um, What's going to what's going to make me feel that? And that's finding something that's my way in that nobody else could have written. So the goal, the, the, the takeaway here is people, if you find like, even if you're just doing it for fun, the way into an adaptation is what are the, what's basically it's, what's the heart of the, what's the heart of the original piece. Mm-hmm. And then you take that heart and you go, okay, here's the heart. Now, what kind of body do I want to wrap around the right. heart? Here's the essentials. Here's what made Roswell high Roswell high. And that was, you know, Liz as this extremely curious girl with a scientist's heart sensibility and Max as a person who has a lot of secrets and wants to keep to himself, but is just painfully drawn to this girl to the point where he is willing to risk everything to save her. Um, Isabel as is a bit of a control freak who is very concerned with the, the, the face that she shows the world. Michael as a kid who'd been kicked around and kicked around and kicked around and is going to get up every single time. Wisecrack for sure. Uh, caused some trouble for sure, but is never going to stay down when kicked down. Like I went through each character and I was like, this is what makes this character this character. And then I just like threw a bunch of other shit at them. Right. You know, one's a cowboy, one's a genius, one's a um, cop with a, a, a major like literary, what's it called? Bibliophilia. Like, obsessed with books stuff like that karina adley mckenzie thank you one more time for coming on word tetris thank you for coming to my office one more time where can people find you online at Cadley mac on 
uh, Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. But if you go to Facebook, you're secretly really talking to my little sister who runs my Facebook for me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Meryl Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R. That'll do it for this episode. We'll talk to you guys later.